Hello and welcome to the Performing Animal Rights podcast series. My name is Ben Hunt. I'm a performance artist and PhD researcher at De Montfort University. We've got a really exciting episode coming up today where I'm talking to Daniel Hellman, who is a singer, performer, dance and theatre maker from Zurich. I talked to him about his performance art, especially his alter ego, Sawyer the Cow, a sex-positive, feminist, vegan drag cow. And she, Sawyer, has performed at Animal Rights Marches, as well as a one-cow show called Dear Human Animals in 2020, as well as beautiful and haunting music videos on her YouTube channel. And if you stay tuned right to the end of this episode, there will be one of her songs for your listening pleasure. It was a true honour to talk to Daniel Hellman, like it is all my guests. And if you feel honoured by these interviews or you find value in them, please do share widely with people you think would get value from these episodes also. Please do leave a review, whether it's on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this, if you can. Please subscribe or follow. It really helps with reaching other potential listeners who are missing out. All the stuff to say is thanks for listening and on with the episode. Hello, Daniel. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's dive straight in. What originally compelled you to perform in animal rights? So my, my background is from the arts. In that sense, I'm would say my path is a bit different than than others. That I'm not. I'm, I didn't like. It didn't. I didn't start like protesting and thinking about creative ways to protest. I start. I was coming from making theater projects or performance art. Um, but I got kind of pulled into this uh, this social justice movement or, or um, this battle, let's say, for animal rights and animal liberation through my work. So um, I try to make it short because it's, of course, all these things are complicated processes. But uh, I started su- studying classical singing, but I felt very much like this is very quickly like this. It was too limiting for me as an artist. I felt like it's just about my voice and delivering like a, technical skills in order to sing stories that other people invented and songs that other people wrote so there was something for me really felt unsatisfying because I always had this kind of very political side Um, and also as a queer person I felt really like these stories didn't have anything to do with my life Uh, like heteronormative love stories from the 18th century (laughs) where women sacrificed their lives from some for some idiot they hardly know <laughs> it's like <laughs> so I kind of was looking for a way to find yeah like a more true self-expression uh, and I studied like expanded theater like a project uh, um, a program in, in Bern in Switzerland where we were very multidisciplinary artists from different fields but like doing performative work and there I would say I learned to become an author and like shape my own ideas into artistic forms and suddenly yeah, I had this possibility that I could then create my own plays, I could write, I could collaborate and I could choose my topics. Among them, I would say the major first focus of my work was a lot about like sexuality, sexual minority, sex worker rights, topics like this. And kind of this interest for like body politics, who has the right to control whose bodies, whose sexualities, I, I kind of shifted towards non-human animals as as another let's say oppressed group 
Um, and I was just so shocked in a way. I was very naive, a vegetarian back then, thinking no animal dies because of me, because I don't eat meat. And when I had this kind of aha moment that we live in a society which normalizes these violences to, to a degree that yeah, people are just so dissociated from everything that happens in, in slaughterhouses, in factory farms, but also in small scale farms. Um, and many other fields but I kind of yeah the desire came okay I have to do something about that and I have to use my creativity my time my resources in order to contribute to uh, animal liberation so this is like yeah but it's still a struggle in that sense because I feel my context in the arts has still a hard time to accept this as a topic it's much harder to get funding when I'm like <laughs> speaking about like anti-speciesism and stuff than when I talk about queerness and so these things are uh, um, so I'm also I would say still searching also for the right forms and contexts how to be uh, yeah uh, animal rights activist and a professional art maker why did you choose the form that you're using now so you got soya the cow but I know you did some choreography for is it the requiem of meat Oh. Requiem for a piece of meat. Yes, this was like my my first project. I I was really dealing concretely with animals. I mean, there was some looking back. I I, I did a play about male sex work where I I wrote a scene about a conversation between a, a client and the sex worker, where the client explains why he doesn't want to. Uh, the the sex worker explains uh, why he doesn't want to eat meat at dinner, and there's this big fight about like the client who refuses to feel inferior morally to a sex worker um, so there was already these kind of uh, seeds I would say in my work before um, but yeah when I was preparing Requiem for a Piece of Meat I was really thinking about death about the, ab the absence of animals as living uh, cohabitants in, in, in our social lives in the cities at least almost absent um, but they're present of course in our clothing in our fridges and that's why I was interested in these contradictions but I was myself full of them still I would say so um, that's when I understood in like just in doing research about like yeah the fact that dairy means that cows have to be impregnated like this this whole production cycle and the brutality of it and I was shocked that I at 30 years didn't know about it <laughs> so it was like in Switzerland country of the cows like it's it's absurd so it's and then I made the play, I became vegan, I became anti-speciesist in my mindset, but I didn't do anything else in art. I was just doing this project and realized after, at the end of it, like I didn't help one single animal. I maybe worked on my consciousness for some people in our team, um, but like concretely I was busy doing art and not doing anything for the animals. And we had some censorship issues with two theaters who canceled our venue because of a scene that referenced uh, artificial insemination. So yeah, it was crazy. I was very disappointed. I was really like uh, the, the the director of the theater where I was art associated artist. He told me like, yeah, he prefers if I go back to my other topics. They're more relevant for him. And I was like really angry, like and kind of disappointed in an art world that claims to be like uh, taking the climate crisis seriously, that claims to be inclusive, that uh, like is so picky about like language, rightfully so, but at the same time, like, yeah, body parts of non-human animals are served up every, every day in the, in the theater restaurants or the festival center. And it really made me question, like, do I want to be part of that or not? And 
I had the luck to try to, then I got a scholarship for six months in San Francisco where I was uh, meeting activists from Direct Action Everywhere in, in Berkeley. And, and I was just very inspired because suddenly I, I got in touch with activists and not only artists who pretend to be activists, let's say. No, I mean, that's a bit cynical, but there is something <laughs> about artists. We are so busy with our own work because the precarity is big and we take it so seriously, but we sometimes lose connection with other actors in, in society. and. and and we kind of lose the impact we might have as well. So my learning was that if if I if I want to be honest, I have to spend much more time for animals and less time for my art. And so then I started really to be just in touch with different organizations, go to protests, participate in protests, also some of the forms that you have been archiving in your work. And like I I love that all, but I was also aware quite quickly that I have like a skill set which is different. And that it would be really interesting trying to find a way to to kind of use my skill sets from the performing arts and combine it. And yeah, I think like the activists were like one big inspirational group for me. And the other one was um, were drag artists in San Francisco. And Trump was kind of newly elected. And there was so much like direct rage of, of like going to bars and have drag kings drag queens like being so like furious and so direct and I was I, I suddenly realized like this this directness is something I can use in uh, like of a drag character is something I can use because like so many vegans we are scared how to approach it and we know people are in their own individual process and if you're too attacking they will not listen and like ah, it was very complicated and I, I just had this vision of like becoming a drag cow you know it, it was it was kind of immediate I didn't really think about which animal it was kind of logical for me I guess also with my history of not knowing what dairy is I didn't realize that dairy is uh, mother's milk I just thought cows have milk like a water fountain so there was this from the temperament I think I'm much more like a chicken than I am like a cow <laughs> but I started as a cow so now I'm a cow. yeah how do you been doing drag beforehand or were you just um exposed to it beforehand or was this a all all at once kind of thing so i i mean i used to do a lot of like cross-dressing theater as a child actually so there was like with my sister i spent like literally like my whole childhood we dressed up and played role gay role plays and also i was in a boys choir where i was always playing like the female roles in the in the rehearsal camps i, I don't know there was something i, I mean I would say I have a history with that, <laughs> but I didn't like practice like drag, but I have quite a, f- a lot of friends who were drag artists and I was also watching like RuPaul's Drag Race. So I had like this kind of uh, drag as reference around me, but not necessarily as a practice. So th- it was a lot of work actually also to, yeah. to and I I'm st- I still feel I'm quite a bad drag queen in that sense that I, that I don't necessarily have the makeup skills or the sewing skills I wish I would have um but there is uh yeah it's also just yeah realizing that our time is limited and sometimes i prefer to do uh, i mean yeah now i spend a few months volunteering on an animal sanctuary and i mean then i'm doing care work for the animals and i'm not learning how to do sewing of my looks but that's just the dilemma of our lives i guess (laughs) yeah can you describe to me the first time that you became sawyer the cow do you remember that moment there were a few steps I would say like the first time was just when the idea popped up and I immediately like in German cow is Kuh so Kuh and Queen I thought like it sounds so similar drag Kuh Uh, (laughs) so 
and the name also i think it was quite quickly there it was not like a name searching thing it was just like soya i like the fact that the, the but then i tried makeup with a makeup artist friend and we just did kind of this normal face painting thing uh, which didn't work at all i mean no, it did work in a way, but it was just like doing black and white dots on the face. And I thought it looked a bit like a kid's birthday. And so I realized I need to find something else. I started writing some lyrics for songs, but it was really step by step that I met a, a mask maker and talked about the ideas. And he was really into it. So he made this kind of first mask, which I used to use quite a lot. But it was it's really, really beautiful. But it covers my face so much that I don't see anything. So when I have my... When I had my like first gig, actually first appearance, it was at the Animal Rights March in Berlin in 2018. So that's like I was supposed to sing two songs, but then like the committee canceled one of them because it was too joyful and they thought they wanted something more heavy and sad, which is fine to me. But I also realized immediately, oh, wow, the, the vegan community. The animal rights community is also torn between like something like that. There is the question of like appropriating somebody else's story and putting the animals into the center, not the humans. And like, so I immediately also encountered some hesitation, let's say. But I did sing this one song. It was wonderful. There were like 3,000 people and they loved it. They cried. I mean, it's a very emotional song called Veal from a cow mother to her, her baby. Uh, but it was also very tricky for me because I realized that with this face mask and the large nose that kind of copies the, the facial structure of a cow, I, 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 I couldn't see the piano, I couldn't see the microphone. <laughs> so there was something, uh, there was like a learning, but this was like the first, ex the first appearance. And, but like, in a way, like, yeah, so yeah, still evolving, but I, I we made other headpieces where I could still have some vision so I could perform. Uh, we, we built like we i worked with a producer to make songs so the, like step by step but i in a way yeah, i feel like now i really know who soya is but it took me quite some time also to know how serious it is it was like a joke in the beginning like or a, like a funny idea but you don't know if it's going to be over in one month now i feel like she has been around yeah for three years she she has more clothes than i have she is taking up like more suitcase space than my private stuff it's really like it's like a, a relationship with somebody my my partner is sometimes really like i need a break now for a week because soya takes so much space <laughs> <laughs> that's great like you say you know soya now pretty well and it feel quite confident in her um in her character what can you describe the the differences maybe between the two but also stepping into her because obviously she's this kind of interspecies character. She's a drag cow. She's not a drag human. Mm. So, can you describe to me your your transition from Daniel to Sawyer? There's the physical preparation, which is like most like shaving, makeup, putting on the costumes, or but it starts even usually a bit before. I have to prepare like, okay, what I'm gonna wear? Is it cold weather? Is it warm weather? Is it, it's a street protest in January? Of course, I have to do it a bit differently. I did quite a lot. I mean, before COVID, there was much more going on, but like with Extinction Rebellion or other like protest uh, groups, like doing, I know, we, we blocked the, the, the square in front of the Ministry of Agriculture and Nutrition in Berlin. And then like with the truck and like these kind of actions. But like right now, these things have much slowed down, I have to say. But there is this kind of, yeah, conceptualizing first what I'm going to do. Am I going to sing? Am I going to have speech? Am I going to just be there? 
But then the, yeah, the makeup process is quite intense, which is kind of a limitation also sometimes because it takes away the spontaneity, like it takes like two and a half hours. So it's, it's a lot of time, but like from the, from the emotion, I mean, in a way there is not so much difference between me and Soya now. Like, I, I feel like that's why I like the hybrid character, like this kind of human and bovine creature. And because I also like, I can really switch also the way I speak. Sometimes I'm dressed as Soya, but I talk about my own process in unlearning this conditioning that we can use these animal bodies. Like, because what I realized what touches people the most is not necessarily like the, the costume, but it's like seeing a person so committed to this cause that they put so much effort in. And I feel that's what is like somebody who's, nobody can tell me I'm not taking that seriously and that it's genuine and authentic. Like it's something that people feel and even though they might not agree or not, they might not be ready to kind of open themselves up to the possibility that there is this, what we do to non-human animals is an atrocity. Many people just are not ready for that, but they still see my efforts and my energy I put into it. And they respect that. So that's something I feel is, is very central. And also something that has changed a bit in the beginning. I was also very angry, like most people who discover this kind of, like the, the, yeah, the, the, the amount of unnecessary suffering that we cause. And I just also realized that this anger doesn't work that well in terms of impact. So I really try to be inviting and inspiring as Soya the Cow and more really like, stand for liberation and joy in a broader sense not only for for animals or non-human animals but also for, for everybody like it, that that people uh, and it has there were some really beautiful experiences where some people uh, like young young kids for example in, i had a, a concert in the countryside and suddenly i had like four boys aged between five and 10 who I wanted to have makeup so I put in the countryside in Switzerland I was like that's crazy like when I was young never this would exist like it's and these things so there is something about sharing or like like I want to stand for a world yeah that is more joyful more free more self-expressed for for all beings and of course there is still anger and sadness and pain and all my songs almost are very sad <laughs> but but I, I really want to create other visions. And I think that's also like, in, I made a, a play called Dear Human Animals where there's different parts of the play, but one big part is like a future trip where I kind of tell the story from the moment the audience leaves the hall until 2070 when, when the world is vegan and Soya sings at the Olympic games, uh, who are fully plant-based, she sings, move, move, move your body and gets killed by some hardcore, like just some funny stories, but also that's like, I feel like it's, it's really what we need. I mean, we, I say like as a movement is really to, to, to plant this possibility in people's mind that the world can be different. And that's what I feel like the transformation with the makeup, with the costumes, with the others and hooves and who knows what, it, that's what I kind of want to, it's like a, an example for this, the transformation that can also happen on a societal level. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Soya really suits this kind of interaction with the crowd. Obviously you've been to marches and you sign in front of vegans and animal rights activists, but then you, you do a play, which I'm assuming the audience aren't all vegan. They they may have had a steak just before, or drinking some sort of milk, or whatever. How was that? How was how is that different for you? And is that where you're going? Are you going to more trying to perform in front of non-vegans? Is that is that the is that the hope? 
it's always tricky. I just like I, I wish I can do both. Like I miss the big animal rights protests that were all cancelled due to COVID in the last years. I mean, almost all. Like it's amazing to also be there and just like I feel like it's like a gift. I can give back to all the people who fight for animal rights in their daily life, who take care of animals, who there's so many ways to do this work and like people who, I don't know, cook recipes and, and show it on Instagram. There is, I, I mean, we all do what we can or doing research, academic research like you do. Like in that sense, I feel if I can like perform for, for these, our community in that sense, it, it's also wonderful. It's something I love. But of course, I also have to go to the tricky territory and, and, it's sometimes difficult. Like I get invitations for places where I'm like, I, I don't want to sing while people eat dead animals, for example. That's something yeah. I, I just don't do. But if I'm invited to a place where I know people eat them maybe before, if I don't go because of that, then I lose an opportunity also to have, be in conversation. And, and so I feel like yeah, I had one example, which maybe is quite exemplary, where I was very happy with the outcome. It was a farm in Switzerland where they also um, produce eggs. And they uh, are also an art gallery, it's like an out, uh, outside art gallery. And there was an exhibition about human-animal relationships. And they invited me to come perform for the opening. And that was like, it was like a Demeter farm. So like supposedly not problematic, but of course also pro problematic because they also kill or their whole flock after, after one year. Um, so first of all, I was really in a dilemma, like how can I be there without compromising my values? And then I... I I was like thinking, yeah, maybe a way to make it worthwhile to go there is if I can save some of my hens. So I negotiated with the farmer that I can save three first. Wow. And then it turned out to be 10 in the end. I could save 10 hens, Incredible. sing a little concert. And also I, I, I asked that we have a one hour conversation in front of the audience about what it means actually to like a, a, just a talk about egg production and so people know what it actually means because yeah people don't know they think oh wow they're outside they're happy but like the fact that it's 300 hens in a hole it's still like social stress for them and they all get killed after a year they're all bred in a way that they have lots of health issues so like i wanted people to hear these things so there it really worked out and these 10 hens they are now in a sanctuary and wow. it's that's like the success stories um there was one more problematic case this summer in an art venue in Frankfurt in Germany. They made this big kind of outdoor stage, uh, huge project. Um, and they had like this, they called it democratic uh, evenings with like societal topics and like discussions and art. And there was an event about meat and sacrifice. And when I was invited, uh, it was already quite set as a, as a, as a, what is going to happen and there were different artists invi invited who work with meat like as a material and they were somebody was supposed to make a sausage or sausage out of a sheep do, while they discuss about like what it means to kill and it was terrible it was I, I was so like so I it really took me like days how to process like I, if I just don't go then nobody takes the stand for the sheep who is actually killed if I go and do something symbolic it's only symbolic but the sheep is not symbolically dead she's dead so there was something and i had lots of negotiations with the curators i tried to convince them to save at least one other sheep and bring it i found the space in a sanctuary but the and ask them to take over the costs for that sheep and they said no so it was like it was so in the end i made like a statement of absence and recorded it and they played it during the event uh, but it's yeah it's very tricky 
I mean, the context we live in this world still, which is extremely speciesist, which is um, so it's 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 an ongoing struggle. I mean, it's it's we. Really, I'm now this week. I'm going to be in the Voice of Germany. <laughs> Oh, right. <laughs> so it's also like just trying to find different platforms and audiences but uh, i saw like the teaser and it, they literally have like publicity in between which is for like products full of dairy and eggs and it's like it's it's disgusting in a way like it, I, uh, but i guess that's the phase we're in like we have to be connected with this world if we want to change it yeah that's so brave of you and incredible that you saved those animals as well it's such a fantastic outcome so yeah well done that's amazing when you've invited to some of these things are people inviting you because do they know your messaging or is it because you look because you're just like a cow i think they know my messaging i mean i'm, I'm very i'm not i'm not so good with hiding my agenda no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I sometimes now try to do it in like uh, fundraising stuff, you know, like mm. be more like we have to rethink about the relationships rather than say like the relationship is fucked. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> but no, I think, I mean, luckily I already do have, I would say quite of like, a, I, de- I could develop in at least in Switzerland and also a bit in Germany and a bit internationally, some kind of like standing as an artist. The projects I did about sex work were very successful. So I had like a, uh, successful in the sense I could tour uh, Europe and worldwide even which it, now I don't want to do that much anymore because also I realized like it's stupid to fly around the world just to do my shows because we have uh, other urgencies yeah, so but yeah so that, I think most people invite me because they they know on this topic I'm kind of like yeah I have lots of experience now like I mean most artists they they dive into a topic, they take a few weeks or a few months to research, to read, they meet two people to do interviews and then they make their work, let's say. And I mean, I've been now like in this kind of animal rights questions and movement since yeah, five years. I've worked on sanctuaries. I have been on protests. I have been part of discussion groups for political initiatives. So I like, it's really something I feel I try to, I think I have an expertise now, which is uh quite big of course nothing compared to people who work on a sanctuary like for five years I mean that's it's it's very different but like uh, I feel like that's yeah again that's something that I feel people respect even though they might not agree with the politics you've kind of like I said a while ago you've hit a creativity which is accepted as as honest but also respected as an as, as an art form compared to let's say forcing someone to watch documentary footage of animal like factory farming when you're doing your performances and your plays do you still get negative responses if people walk out or do you feel like people are more engaged than they would be if they were confronted with because i know at the end of one of your plays that you end with footage of pigs in factory farms and you're saying singing a beautiful song does that get a better reception do you think than it would be if we just showed that footage so I think it's two different questions. So the, the one you said with the, uh, yeah, the endear human animals in the end of the show after like, I don't know, it's maybe already 80 minutes of like full on performance and it's quick and it's funny and it's, it's like, but everything is about, it's, it's like through me and through like, we have plush animals. We have like me dressed as a cow. And I was, I just felt it's really important that we, after this experience, the, the attention is directed towards the, the actual victims in this situation. And, who we are fighting for i don't make this show for my own success i want to make it actually really that 
something has to change. And I didn't want to have the audience to get this cathartic moment of applause where they feel like, wow, I attended a show about animal rights. I'm such a, a good ally. No, you're not an ally. You just sit at this show and you should go out and change your behavior and speak up. So I, I really felt like it's necessary to recenter the attention towards the animals. And uh, I used this footage that... Um, some activists made in a, yeah, in a pig farm in Switzerland and it's just the misery of the daily life. It's no slaughter footage. It's, it's just uh, like the banality of the, of the, this, this, this cruelty. And there's, there's dead bodies of little piglets. You see the, the, like the conditions are atrocious. And what I do is I ask the audience to leave whenever they want, no applause. It's kind of in their hands when this is over, at least in the show. And it's some people leave immediately because they, cannot stand it anymore i mean that's mostly activists actually or like people who live with pigs and love them they cannot see it but most people stay at least for a few minutes also a bit tricky they have to give their animal products in the beginning of the show so if they leave they have to kind of go on stage pick up their leather wallet or who knows what so there's it there's I mean, it confronts them to the fact that they will have to turn away. Even those who don't. So there is some last shows I had a, a few weeks ago in Bern, where one one young woman she she didn't manage to leave. She tried to leave and then sat down and cried. And you you really and for like forty minutes. And I I I have the commitment to play until the last person has left. So there is kind of there's no way out right now. There's no simple exit like it's we have to learn to live with the fact that these things go on every all the time. The question is what we do about it and i wanted yeah so the ending is, is really tough i think there but it's so far it's the only place in my work where I, I have used this kind of graphic depiction i feel a bit in a dilemma about it also because it's it's i also think like seeing this footage doesn't always work that people think it, that it can also just desensitize us and there's already so much like dead animals in publicities and stuff and people don't feel anything when they see it so i've i yeah, so my my normal take is I try to avoid using it, but I don't mean other people should not use it. I think it's, it's, it can be a really valid thing that works for some people and for others it doesn't. But I kind of try to... Also, maybe it feels like yeah, in respect for the individuals who are actually on this, on this footage, it's, they're in such terrible conditions. I don't know if they... But there is a, a, one music video I made about, which is quite brutal as well where we it's from for the song purple grass where the song is actually about the dream of like life outside from an animal who has never seen the outside world and the me i'm more like in a, in a kind of cage like situation and it ends up very bloody with lots of artificial blood and but it's it's quite disgusting and gore but it's it's my body and it's performative and everybody knows it and yeah i, I it's just it's, it's it's a big question for me i think yeah like, yeah, it's a big question for the movement, isn't it? Of how do we engage people, but yeah. also respect the non-human animals that are suffering and to tell tell their story, which I think what you do fantastically well. Does the but it's also problematic still with me, you know? Sometimes it's 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 a lot about me. I put still so much effort in in Soya, who is not even like it's, it's somebody who doesn't even exist. You know, there's something. Sometimes I think like, oh my gosh, again, like it's 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 it's. I mean, especially when I was working on the sanctuary the last few months, it was like so f kind of weird. But then at the same time, I think yeah, it's it's not either or. And the sanctuaries can exist and soya can exist and people on the streets with a screen showing footage can exist. And 
Yeah, I mean, I, I more and more believe in, in the importance of systemic change rather than individual change, just understanding like also the, the complexities between like production and, and marketing and consumption. And I feel like the biggest and fastest changes will rather come through these kind of systemic differences. But for that, we also need to change the mentalities of the decision makers. And yeah, yeah. It's 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 a uh, complicated. <laughs> it's a big mountain to climb for sure. So you mentioned that you work at animal sanctuaries as well. Yes. So, but it, it was it, it started actually during lockdown, second lockdown. Now that uh, one of the sanctuaries actually took some of these chickens when I oh, could okay. rescue them a year ago. So I, I I just became friends with the team there because and it's close to Zurich. I live between Zurich and Berlin, and I just yeah it, they do wonderful work. Their name is Hofnar, and they also accompany farmers in their transition to a plant-based um, farming system and in three years almost 70 farms have have been transformed oh. like that yeah so it they call it transformation transformation sorry and um i just felt really inspired and then yeah when everything got cancelled all the tours or the concerts i was like okay yeah let's i want to i got crazy like sitting in my flat and feeling like blocked so i was uh, asking if they want to like needed interns and so my partner me did a one month internship in march we then kind of this this like they invited us to join the team and we decided to do that in the perspective of like doing our art and working there but as volunteers uh but now i have to unfortunately say it doesn't work out it's like a sanctuary is like an all-in thing it's yeah. it's of course i can come and help but like I, if i'm really part of if i want to carry responsibility i uh, i take care of the stables on a tuesday morning and on the wednesday and like and then every third week i'm like actually i cannot be there because i have this concert somewhere it's it puts everything out of balance and it's and yeah it's just it's 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 so intense i mean i had some experiences where i was like i really need to finish like i don't know writing a song that i wanted to sing for a concert but then have an emergency with a with a rooster who cannot breathe anymore so of course you bring him to the vet and so like these the needs of the animals are always like on another level of course than like doing other forms of uh, so yeah it's a bit uh it was a bit a bummer personally to realize that it's not so compatible yeah i bet has your relationship with soya changed by engaging closely with the animals at the sanctuary like you said you've had some conflict is there any or even just as a performer in general, is there any anything changed while being at the sanctuary and interacting with these animals? I think, I mean, a bit yes. I would say yes and no. Like, yes, definitely I have just, I'm fooled with much depth, deeper knowledge about like the animals who, who we lived with and like as individuals, I would say, but also in a way, of course, as like the different species and how they are. And um Funny enough, also on this sanctuary, there are no cows. I feel like I know all animals better than cows now. <laughs> I spend much more time with turkeys and goats than I spend time with cows. <laughs> um, in that sense, I feel, I feel like I feel nourished with, like, with stories, with encounters, with, with sadness. Also, there were some tragic moments with animals dying and then there were suffering. Like it's, it's, um, I feel also I'm even more angry about the status quo than before. Maybe I'm also a bit more sad in the sense that I realizing how much effort it takes and how little steps we can only make, which are huge for the individuals, but like on a systemic level, yeah, it's just, I think in a way like Soya, what I realized Soya helps me to kind of stay much more optimistic. She's like my, uh, I have a 
side of me which is also very like yeah like gloomy and uh, not cynical but like yeah pessimistic about where we stand in this world and where things will go and and kind of getting into soya can help me to like just believe in the cause and believe in the path and and keep going and the sanctuary had also like yeah there was also this feeling of like really how many animals are sick and how many like this the suffering from the overbreeding and it's 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 just yeah it, it's it makes me really really sad and angry so i don't know yet where this this will go creatively artistically but it's 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 uh i feel right now i'm a bit in a moment of like also redefining because i had this dream of living on the sanctuary and doing soya and and yeah i just realized it brought actually quite a lot of lots of stress to the team to have yeah. me always be there not be there like are you here it's it's, it sounds really positive, though, in a way that I was talking to um, a musician, Barbara Helen, and it's a similar kind of thing where the art, the artist side of things is kind of like a sanity, like it keeps keeps you sane and it keeps you going and it channels your anger in a in a in a productive and focused way, which is it's really that's great. And it's a really promising thing for my research to look at that from that lens, yeah. because I do feel as an activist myself, I do sometimes feel very burnt out but using creative practice helps me with that like writing poetry or performance or whatever, yeah. or just talk, talking about it in a creative way is, is quite powerful and an untapped resource. I think maybe for mm. some people, I mean, I think as also with the animals, of course, it's an amazing resource. Like it's, 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 uh, I think the heart, if I could have committed to just do that, I think I could also, it could kind of work, but like doing both, I just felt running against times. Like my days at the, sanctuary or like tuck, 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 and it's like okay i have my three three days off so now tuck, 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 i have to do all of this then I have, it was just like this all the time and it's 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 not sustainable like the but yeah this this but it's yeah it's it's i feel in general i mean we are also with like coming out of this covid i mean coming out slowly coming out of this covid time realizing like the, the losses we have had like i feel like it's it's as much in the cultural world like I did my last shows, they were not very well visited because people are not coming back yet to the theaters or maybe they will never come back because they just enjoy being at home. They realize how nice it is not to always do stuff. <laughs> Understanding like yeah, the economic impact is also sanctuaries, of course, feel like uh, individuals, family, businesses, like there's this also activism. I mean, it, it, it has been such a frame it's crazy like and then like understanding what it means to to really like to reorganize to mobilize people to uh, and it's it's terrifying i find it quite terrifying at the moment to like uh, kind of look at at the situation like, like the things that i value dearly from protests to art to to like uh, ngos like i don't know this this it's everybody's struggling and it's 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 tough yeah it, i completely understand yeah it's I, I feel that too even from an individual level it's like well where do we go where how yeah. do we go forward as a as an as a movement for sure which hopefully hopefully your work and other creative people can flourish like um, your youtube videos it's great to see the progression of that the production value of your last few videos are incredible and obviously the, the songs themselves are wonderful as well are you using that more do you think are you using youtube and music videos more or is it still is it just part of soya for now it's part of soya i would say because it's you know, I mean, I come really from the live performing arts. That's my background. But like going towards like more digital, it's it's also like a Corona effect. But also, it makes sense in point of view, reach. 
but it's also very hard to just like have the audience I think like the the so this is something I mean, I'm definitely I never wanted to be never wanted to be like a YouTuber or a social media influencer. I kind of have a lot of resistance with that, even though I know it would kind of be good to do it more. I just don't like it. Like it's, I have to be honest about that. Like it's sometimes I like it, but there's also weeks where I just need to not do it because otherwise I yeah. So there's some kind of a. So I prefer, yeah, my ideal would rather be, I mean, who knows now with the voice of Germany, for example, it's like, it's going to be millions of people watching that. Well, yeah. <laughs> who knows what comes out of it? So it's like, I think I'm more, yeah, like I would love to go more towards like TV stuff, if that's possible, like apply for TV shows as a candidate or I don't know, being in talk shows, whatever. It's like, that would be something I think where Soya could work really well because the visual is there and the message and... I had even some contacts, but like, for example, in the Swiss TV, they wanted me and then somebody said, no, it's too activistic. So this, uh, but I think things are, this changes quite quickly. Like yeah. it's not the same world now than two years ago, what with these topics. And um, I believe, I mean, it's like my struggle at the moment is like, yeah, do I want to make a new album? For example, I really like, but then like, who is going to listen? do it like uh, it's, it's a lot of time a lot of money like where to put that where should i put the energy and the resources and so yeah my hope would be that like these kind of tv things kind of take off i would say that would be my i would really enjoy that kind of yeah yeah that, that it seems a natural a natural fit for sure it's interesting to say where do you put your resources because you're right in a way it's not just an artist thing it's time for animals as well isn't it so yeah, exactly i want to i want to get out as much as possible as easy as quickly as possible because not just for me and my success but for the animals that you're representing yeah i definitely don't want to do like like my first show Requiem for a piece of meat i mean i entered this whole world let's say of animal rights but it was so much resources and time spent like also we were a big team like eight people on stage so it's lots of salaries right? like it's like mm-hmm. even like from a very practical point of view like it's then all these yeah but it's it's um yeah i feel really like i need to kind of right now is really this kind of transition thing but i get some really like i'm i I got an invitation now for a tour in the us with soya for example but i'm not sure if i want to do it because it's overseas and like it's again like uh, it only makes sense if i really feel i can have like a kind of lasting impact there not just like fly over and so there's this these questions it's just i feel it makes it if you want to do things like responsibly nowadays, it's just, it's not anymore as, I don't know, yeah, like me, when I did these sex work projects, I, like, I could travel to Asia and to the US. I had no consciousness about like the ecological impact of this. And yeah, I think it's really important that in all of our fields, we kind of hold each other accountable as well. Like really like, do we need to do this traveling and stuff? It's, it's without being fully dogmatic about it. I think like, there's also... Yeah, but that's like that's like my questions at the moment. I would say that so it's really. Um, but I would love to. I mean, if it's possible to make more like video work, I have a lot of amazing materials still, like from photo shootings and stuff uh, that that we did. But it, like, it's ideally it reaches a big audience. Let's say like I did an amazing photo shoot now with like dresses and costumes out of vegetables and fruits. It's fantastic. Like really, really. Uh, but then, of course, if I just release it on my Instagram, it has a certain reach. If I find like a, a big magazine that would like to publish it, I reach much more people. And that's, in, 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 of course, the goal in the end. These are like the questions. Um, and then, of course, also, there is always the questions like, 
as a, a need kind of funding and sh shows in order to finance but the, the continuation of all this work so that's that's like the the tricky part but i i really enjoy it i mean i i think it's it's uh, it's 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 i'm very very grateful to have a project i kind of believe in it's it's oh definitely when i sent your videos i was like i'm so glad that sawyer exists it's just such a powerful and genius form of performance so the last question is about performance what role do you think performing art has in the animal rights movement i think it's very different than the different contexts of course i would love to see more professional artists speak up for animal rights and use these topics not like in their work i mean there has been a huge trend in the arts like the animal turn let's say where where non-human animals but also other like plants and stones like the interest in materials and like that are is huge and it's like people love to reflect on like non-humans and all, but usually it's like pigeons or uh, coral reefs and bacteria like like people or, or cats and horses of course but like far so-called farmed animals are just like the huge blind spot nobody wants to talk about it nobody wants to because it's it's so complex and so difficult and it's so it, this is something i kind of have a bit of a it annoys me when i see so many artists like make their shows about animals or with animals and they don't reflect on, on what they eat or what they wear and it's just like how can it de yeah like they forget that these are animals are also animals and so that's there i think it needs another kind of awakening i think we need so much more of the let's say progressive part of society to take on this cause like it has to happen and it will happen also because it's just uh, from the other side, like let's say in the more like protest context, I think since we live in a world with like visuals, I think like creating like iconic visuals is really helpful to get attention in the press or on social media. And in that sense, I think like some protest forms are brilliant. I don't know, like also like, I don't know, turning the, the, the rivers green to show like the toxic uh, environmental like... Um, Sorry, I don't have the word in English, like damage or yeah, like these kind of things. I'm or like using fake bloods. I love cooking fake bloods. I've been doing liters and liters of my life, but <laughs> but there is also something where sometimes I feel it can quickly be a bit like difficult because we are not like, I don't know, if we put a human into a cage on a square and to talk about animal testing, I, I don't know, I would not want to do it personally. I feel there's something a bit like, ah. Yeah, I, I but I'm not also I'm not also against against it. I think we're just all trying out forms of protest, and we learn, and we are. Uh, who knows what has what effect? Like, but it's better to do something than to criticize everything and be so scared that we don't do anything. Like that's kind of the same is with these kind of protests where people are in underwear and like, and then there's the people call it out for being sexist, and it's like it's so easy to deconstruct but like most people who deconstruct sit at home and don't make anything <laughs> so yeah i think it's also helpful just to stay to be creative i think that's really really great it's good to have models that work let's say i mean work i don't know if they work yet to be honest but like that the, like the the cube of truth or these kind of uh or like the vigils from safe movement and it's it's there's something very performative about it because of course we in a way do it for animals and to 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 see what happens to them but it's also very much about showing to the outside world that we stand there there's a it's a performative presence 
which I think is 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 great. But at the same time, I will, I think we also have to question like what does it do to these animals and like do we have to like it's it's yeah it's there is no right and there it, there is no right and wrong I think anymore in this in this world in that sense we really just have to negotiate where we yeah where we put our attention our care and some protest forms might hurt somebody because it reminds them of some, yeah it's it's a, I think it's a tricky field but it, it's okay we can it's worth it to to end to it's worth it to step on somebody's foot sometimes <laughs> yeah it's complex but you're right it's we we won't know unless we try and you're right the, these things come from a good place like people in underwear putting putting signs up it's not to say they're sexist but you're right and then there's people who deconstruct from far away there's always there's always a debate isn't there there's always a big debate in the animal rights movement yeah i mean i, I know it very well from also the queer movement you know like there's this this kind of uh start like in the end everybody hates each other because you you don't know if you want to march on the same march with i don't know the queers of a right-wing political party <laughs> so, and i get it it's politically weird but like by marching and having come i mean in a way we need to have conversations i guess and we need to and we need also to evaluate and reflect it like does it make sense is it uh, but it's so easy to become paralyzed and i feel that's like that's like what that's the best that can happen to to for the for the status quo is that like we are just eating each other up and and i mean even like yeah the, like the whole performative activism which is also like a lot of it is also social media stuff really like yeah we feel like we do something because we go to see a show or we share a post or and i think that the, the i don't know if, if yeah like speaking up as a performative action, I think is like the key, you know, like we, that's, that's, that's the, and I know like how, how annoying it is. I so much, so much I'm in a space where I feel like, oh, do I have to say something again? I don't know, like, uh, and it, why always me? And it's just like, I do it again and again and again. And it's, I don't know, I, I mean, in a, in a space where there's all these rules about inclusivity and consent and then there is people eating animals mm. and it's it's so i i will always at some point if there's like a moment a space to say like hey can i say something i'm really happy that this is a space where we take care of each other but i i there's a big blind spot and blah 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 and i hate doing it i hate it <laughs> as daniel as soya it's easier because i yeah. already have the spotlight <laughs> You're right, though. That's a really, it's a fascinating point. And we'll end on that is the the performative speaking up. Yeah, you're right. Just speaking up is a performance in itself. And and you're right. I also hate it. I hate I hate the the feeling of it, the confrontation of it. But it is a performance in that respect, then, isn't it? Because we're yeah. doing it beyond ourselves. Thank you, Daniel. Thanks Thank for your you. time. And thank you for listening to this episode. If you found value in this episode, please do leave a review, share follow subscribe all the good stuff and if you know someone or you are someone who would like to talk about performing arts in the animal rights movement please do get in touch via the podcast and archive website performinganimalrights.org i'd love to hear from you and on that note i will leave you with a song by soy the cow called purple grass i hope you have a wonderful week thank you and goodbye
Oh, I have a dream. 